Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. My name is Ian McLaren. I am the host of the Locked On Bruins podcast, where we talk about all things spoke to be on a daily basis. You can follow me on Twitter if you'd like at Ian C. McLaren. You can also follow the show at LO underscore Bruins. And please download, subscribe, listen, rate, and review the show wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. It's a special episode today in advance of Boston's game tonight against the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, I'll be joined today by Sarah Avampato. She is the host of the Locked on Kings podcast. Uh, she's also a writer for Jewels for the Crown, which is the Kings SB Nation podcast. Uh, she also covers the Chicago Wolves for Knights on Ice, which is the uh, Golden Knights SB Nation page. And she's also uh, a very talented Chicago-based photographer. Uh, you can find her at Right Said Sarah. And uh, as you'll hear, we get into uh, some stuff about the Bruins. Uh, I asked her about Kovalchuk and Toffoli, who are guys that you know that I've mentioned on the podcast before as potential uh, pickups for the Bruins to help spark the offense. And then we also mentioned the Taylor Hall trade a little bit, which um, if you missed it on Monday, I don't know how you would have. He was traded to the uh, Arizona Coyotes in a underwhelming package. Um where I don't have all of the details in front of me, but uh, I'm sure you can find it if you'd like. We're not a Coyotes podcast or a Devils podcast, so it's neither here nor there. Uh, With that said, enjoy this conversation. I'll catch you tomorrow. Have a good one, friends. Oh, there we go. There we go. Magic. Cool. All right, so my first question for you is not really a question and more of an open-ended comment. One of my favorite Bruins, other than Patrice Bergeron, is David Pasternak. So please just tell me all about him and how great he is, uh, because I love him. I mean, yeah, he's such a such a joy to watch. I'm very glad that he is uh, on my favorite hockey team. It's funny because a lot of people look at... Um, the 2015 draft that the Bruins did that the, the Kings kind of had a hand in with the, the Milan Lucic trade and how the Bruins kind of messed that up. And then you look at uh Pasternak's draft year and the fact that he was selected so late in the first round. And it's just funny how, how the draft works out like that. Sometimes that you uh, make some picks that uh, in hindsight don't look great. I mean, that year it was pretty apparent right away that it wasn't a great pick. And then you get a late first round pick that turns into David Pasternak and he's on track to score like 67 goals or something like that this season. And not only that, he's just like, he's just a fun guy. He's, uh, you know, interesting uh, off the ice as well. He's got a great personality, snappy dresser. Seems like, you know, all around good guy in the, in the locker room as well. So it's cool to be able to follow him on and off the ice. Obviously, he's fun to watch uh, when he's scoring seemingly at will, like he has been this season. Um, although he he had a little couple games off there without any goals, but then he came back with two two in the last game, and yeah, he's just 
a treat to watch it and a delight to be a fan of that is uh, definitely and you know it's nice to be able to have players that other fan bases actually like it's not always been the case for the Bruins they're often you know <laughs> maligned for Brad Merchant or Zdeno Chara but I can't see anybody unless he's scoring on your favorite team there's there's really no reason not to like David Pasternak so it's kind of kind of cool to have like a potential face of face of the league on your favorite team for once instead of guys that people just they make them want to slap them in the face or something like a Brad Merchant. So, yeah, he feels fun. like he, really he, he feels like one of those players to me where like it's 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 the same category as like Vladimir Tarasenko or like Alex Dabrinkit on the Blackhawks or any of those guys who just score really cool goals where like, like heck, like Alex Ovechkin, where you're like, you know what? You just scored on my team, but that was really rad. Like Mm -hmm. Connor McDavid, like you just have to kind of respect the talent and the creativity. And uh, so it's nice to, nice and to to know that he actually seems like a pretty good guy as well. Um, You know, he's got a fun character, you know, He's got a really cool story as well. Like he, he genuinely just loves playing hockey. He came from, you know, Czech Republic, wasn't well off as a kid and, and couldn't really afford like the the best hockey stuff. And, and you can really tell now that he's, he's made it. He's one of the best goal scorers in the game, but he's still like just that kind of kid that just wants to play hockey and and uh it's really cool to see like where he how far he's come and what he's been able to do um and yeah and like really giving back and and just really keeping that appreciation for the game which which is really cool and you know in the the hockey climate being that it is it's nice to just watch guys who yeah are genuinely good guys and just playing hockey and and go about it kind of the right way as well so it's yeah it's he's a great uh great guy to be a fan of that's definitely for sure i think this conversation has just like doomed the kings to have him like score on them like three times <laughs> so well yeah i apologize i apologize <laughs> to kings fans for maybe always a possibility wishing that into existence by accident yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the Bruins are one of, if not the best team in the league right now. They have been at the top of the standings pretty much since day one of the Mm -hmm. season. Are they where you expected them to be going into the season? Do you see them making it all the way to the finals again? Is how they're playing kind of sustainable or are you expecting another shoe to drop at some point? Um, To be honest, I I didn't expect them to to start this way just because of – um, how far they went last year. So the fatigue factors, like the the old Stanley Cup final hangover, they didn't win. They lost in pretty disappointing fashion. So I wasn't sure if there'd be like an emotional toll from that as well. They wouldn't maybe get as amped for the start of the season as they might have, um, you know, if they had won or, or whatever. But yeah, they've actually been playing well above um expectations there was really little roster turnover from last year so that that certainly helps it's a tight group and they uh, went through a lot together last season and some have been around longer than others but I think that's really helped just that um, familiarity and um, yeah just the big key for them is the fact that they have basically two starting level goaltenders so even if there has been 
nights where they've been off offensively, they have those two uh, guys in Rask and Halak to kind of uh, steal a couple games early on, and then they've had some timely scoring. If you do look at the kind of underlying numbers, they're not really a great possession team right now. I think last time I checked, they were like an even 50% uh, in terms of Corsi percentage in uh, five-on-five play. They have the second highest PDO in the NHL, so they're um, that kind of is a function of having those two starting level goalies, I think, more than a massive amount of luck. But still, it's something to keep in mind for Bruins fans. And um, there still could be a bit of regression in their future. I don't think they'll sustain like a 760 win percentage all season long. And we already saw them kind of fall back to earth a bit with a, a recent five-game losing streak. Um, they have four games here heading into the Christmas break, starting with, with the Kings, um, which with all due respect, that should be a win for the Bruins. And um, yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, they, they've been playing better than I expected. Uh, I didn't think they'd necessarily win the Atlantic, but they're kind of running away with it right now. So um, yeah, it's been really nothing to complain about for Bruins fans so far this season. That's, that's for sure. So I had um, another podcaster ask me this question on a show, and I thought it was just the most devious question to ask, and I love it. And I, now I'm going to ask everybody this same question. <laughs> so it's a two-parter. First yeah. is, who is the most underrated player on the Bruins? And then second, the one that will get all of us in trouble as we answer it on individual shows, who do you think is the most overrated player? Oof. That's a tough call. I, I honestly, I think the most underrated is um, it's kind of weird to say because he's like the highest paid player on the team and he's been around for a long time. But I really think that David Krejci is underrated, maybe not by, yeah, I'd say by a large segment of Bruins fans, but also just league wide. Like he has been a huge part of this team's success over the past decade. Um, he know locks down the the second line center line but he can easily step in as we saw recently with uh patrice bergeron when he was hurt he stepped into the top line and um he can be a number one center he would be on on several nhl teams Uh, so i think he's really underrated and underappreciated as part of you know boston's core group over the last uh while in terms of overrated, uh, that's really hard to say. Um, I mean, maybe Charlie McAvoy is is a bit overrated at this point. Um, that might be a bit controversial among Bruins fans because he has really developed into a solid two-way player this year. I think he... Um, isn't quite as the offensive breakout player that I expected him to be this year. Um, A lot of that is he's not getting the power play time, but I really thought that he would um, explode this season. He hasn't done that. He has actually yet to score this season. Um, So I don't know if it's fair to say that he's overrated, but the thing with the Bruins is that they're built so well that everybody has a really defined role that they fit into pretty nicely. So um, he's playing kind of at the level that he's being deployed at. If he was like a top pair defenseman, um, I'd say maybe he's not quite at that level, but um, I'd like to see a bit more, more from him 
uh, sooner than later, kind of offensively, I think. I did not realize that he hasn't scored yet, which feels yeah. really weird. Um, it is weird. I, I feel like if there's any game he can do it, it might be <laughs> against the Kings. Yeah, I hope so. so. That'd be nice. Yeah. The, Kings, the, the Kings have a really longstanding habit of like have a player who's really not doing so great or needs to, you know, finally get a goal like they're mm. usually the team to to allow that to happen so i mean you're uh, welcome John, in advance uh, i guess the other night against pittsburgh jonathan quick looked like uh it was you know the jonathan quick of old with those amazing saves he made against the penguins so hopefully uh he doesn't pull that those tricks out of his uh hat again tomorrow night or on against the bruins that would be a unfortunate timing but uh yeah i mean the kings they still have some I don't know what what is wrong with the Kings. Why haven't they been able to kind of I mean, we look at the Bruins and they've kind of been able to rebuild on the fly. They haven't won a second cup, but they've been close a couple of times. The Kings had their couple of cups early on. They've really fallen off in recent years. Is there is there something in your estimation that is behind that? Have they just not been forward thinking in that way to to add some youth and and depth around Kopitar and Doughty or or what what do you think is the the reason why they haven't been able to stay among the top teams in the NHL yeah I think a lot of it is being overly loyal to those guys who won the cups Uh, you know there are some players who probably should have been sent along their way quite some time ago and the Kings Mm -hmm. have just kept holding on to them. They've made a lot of bad contract decisions, which is part of why Dean Lombardi no longer has a job. Um, And then now it's just been, you know, a couple years of Rob Blake kind of getting his feet under him. I think the year that they went into the playoffs kind of gave everyone a false hope that they were still going to be able to perform at kind of an elite, an elite level. Um, you know, because that series against Vegas, you know, everyone remembers um, everyone remembers the fact that the Kings got swept out of it. What they don't remember mm-hmm. necessarily is that most of those games were like one nothing, two nothing, two one games. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't necessarily that the Kings were having problems keeping the puck out of their net. They were having problems scoring, which has been mm-hmm. a problem for the Kings forever. <laughs> you know, that's that's not yeah. a new one. Uh, and so I think that you know, they did kind of do a lot of like mortgaging the future to win those two cups, which left them with no real viable young, like A-list prospects to bring up to help replace guys who were on their way out. Uh, So, you know, while I have kind of my concerns and reservations and complaints about what Rob Blake has done in his tenure so far, one thing that he has been very good at is they've drafted very well and they have not been giving up um, futures just to, you know, I'm sure they could have bundled Kovalchuk with like a whole bunch of really good prospects just to get him off their books, but they didn't right. um, because that's not worth it to the Kings. Um, you know, they're not going to give up Alex Turcotte or Arthur Kaliev or like any of these really good young right. guys just for nothing. So yeah. they, they're finally rebuilding uh, the pipeline, which was non-existent a couple seasons ago. Um, and now it's just kind of a waiting game to see who pans out and who makes it to the NHL. Um, but yeah, I think it was a lot of just not forward thinking, like you said, and right. not necessarily having a plan for, okay, we won these cups. Now what, you know, yeah, these guys right. weren't going to perform at that level. 
forever and they had right. no contingency plan um, and, you know, did something crazy like gave up uh, Martin Jones <laughs> to the Bruins <laughs> f- for a year of Milan yeah. Lucic. And, you know, they, they made some really questionable decisions that have come back to, to haunt them. But, yeah. you know, things are looking better because they actually have prospects now, which is, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> a good thing. Yeah. Before we talk about Kovalchuk, I do have a, a spot, soft spot for one of those prospects in um, Sean Dursey. He played for the Guelph Storm last year, and, and that's where I am living now. And I was able to watch him kind of along that run to the OHL championship last year and uh, get in the locker room. And he really seems like uh, a, a good a good young prospect, both on and off the ice. And uh, I'm really hopeful that, that he pans out for, for the Kings. Probably you'll need a bit of time in the AHL. I'm sure like a lot of young defensemen do, but um, hopefully he turns out well for the Kings and I'm really rooting for him to, to make it to the NHL at some point. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, more from him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's right. I was just saying, he, Dursey actually had a really great play. I think it might've been last night um, on a goal for the Ontario rain. He had like a really great kind of fake pass that led to a goal. And he's someone who I, you know, yeah, I think he's going to need kind of this year of seasoning in the AHL, like maybe could come up at the end of the year, just as a, like, get your feet wet, see what awaits you in the future. Uh, But I, I think he's someone who, like has that sort of creative mindset and like mm. skating ability that, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see a lot more from him for in sure. the future. You mentioned um, Ilya Kovalchuk and he on Monday was, or I don't really know what the process was, but he's basically as of Tuesday at noon, I guess he'll be an unrestricted free agent. Is that right? After going through that is absolutely correct. Yeah, he okay. was put on unconditional waivers to terminate his contract. You know, theoretically, someone could claim him, but right. I don't think that's oh, yeah. going to happen. Right. I've kind of floated around the idea of Boston with a couple caveats. Um, I'll say that right off the bat. But Boston, um, they had been interested in him before they saw he signed with the Kings. I think he chose the Kings because they were willing to give him longer term and more money. But I think the Bruins, they have a definite need at um, second line right wing. And if they could um, see if he'd be willing to sign a deal similar to what Patrick Marlowe signed in San Jose, which is like $700,000 for the balance of the season. I personally think it might be worth seeing if he could play alongside uh, David Krejci and Jake DeBrusque to kind of generate some offense from that second line right wing position because they're putting Brett Ritchie out right now and that's not working at all. Um, Is he, does he have anything left do you think, or is it a situation that he wasn't fitting in with the Kings um, or they weren't using him properly or is he just not able to play in the NHL at all anymore. What is there? Is there anything left for Colbert Tuck or am I just, uh, is it just wishful thinking on my part? Do you think? <laughs> I, I think it's a little bit of all of the above. Um, I think that <laughs> yeah. he, you know, I, I, I think, I think that he does have something left. However, the trade-offs um, are, a little insurmountable, I think, for most right. teams, which is how he sort of fell out with the Kings. Um, because yeah. he, 
is not willing or interested in changing his game at this point right. in his career. And his game yeah. is very much like, I do whatever I want out on the ice and I'm not particularly committed to playing on all 200 feet and whatever. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that he still has the scoring ability. He still has a huge shot. Um, part of the problem with him on the power play is they sort of set him up in the Alex Ovechkin spot, but mm. for some reason goalies can't, they, they can't, no one can stop Alex Ovechkin. But they figured out how to stop Ilya Kovalchuk. Uh, his right. shot is telegraphed really well. There's no like deception in it. There's no kind of fakery. You know, he scored some really great goals, and you go like, "Oh wow, like that's really cool." Like, could he do that all the time? And the answer was no. You know, <laughs> I, I think that on the right team, like who is willing to take the trade offs of very poor defense and perhaps not a team first kind of attitude on the ice. You know, I, I think he can contribute. And, you know, to his credit, like, and I saw this myself when I was out in L.A. Um, in November, you know, he, he came to practice. He worked hard. He was the first guy to, you know, be celebrating with his teammates, you know when he was in games and someone scored a goal, he looked like it was Christmas every day when someone <laughs> scored, you know? So I don't think it's necessarily a, a, an attitude problem or a, like he's a jerk to his teammates problem. Uh, he, you know, after practice, he was still out there with all the other young kids who were scratches and he was, you know, talking mm. to them and working with them on their shots and everything. That's so cool. I, I don't think it's that kind of personality clash slash difference or whatever, but Great. I think it's just when you get him on the ice in an NHL game, like his speed isn't there and really what he has left is his hands and for the kings who are trying to move to a younger faster you know 200 foot game model um it just wasn't worth it anymore for them to right. to deal with that all right well yeah we'll see what happens I, i'd be i'd be surprised if the bruins actually did it but something that i've been uh i don't know that's a definite need and actually on my podcast i've been talking quite a bit about another Kings uh, player that I uh, hope the Bruins target as the trade deadline nears, and that is uh, Tyler Toffoli. He kind of fits more in their needs in terms of um, younger scoring ability, probably more buy-in team-wise. Um, I've been watching him since junior with the with the sixty-sevens, where he was a, a dynamic player, and I know that um, many Kings fans are are pretty enamored with him. Um, do you think he'll be a guy that they look to trade um, as the season goes on? And kind of what what do you think that he would command on the trade market uh, in return for uh, for Rob Blake? Yeah, I think he's definitely someone who's going to be available on the on the trade market as much as it hurts me uh, because he has definitely been kind of one of my favorite players on the team. Um, I think he'll be available largely because, you know, if he wasn't getting paid what he is, which I think his cap hit is something like 4.5 million or something right now. Yeah. If he like that, yeah. wasn't, if he, if he wasn't getting paid that I could see them trying to work out a deal, but he's obviously going to want a raise. And right. unfortunately he just hasn't been producing enough to necessarily make, like, I just don't think the team 
and him would be able to come to an agreement on a new contract. Um, and from what, you know, all of the like sources in the media and everything say mm-hmm. that the Kings and Toffoli haven't even talked about, they haven't even started talking oh, wow. about an extension and that they are pretty willing to let him move on in free agency if they don't, you know, trade him first, which right. they obviously will treat him first because they're not <laughs> going to let him walk for nothing. Um, yeah. So as much as it pains me uh, to let go of, you know, now both him and Tanner Pearson, who were both part mm, right. in the 2014 Cup, you know, both of them will now have moved on and it makes me sad. But uh, I think he is also someone who could probably benefit from a change in scenery. Uh, he just has not not always looked himself uh, in the past couple of seasons and you know w- what he would get on the trade market i think depends on when rob blake pulls the trigger on a mm. trade because if he would have done it a couple of years or a couple of weeks ago or even like you know last month i would have been like well you're gonna get like a sixth round pick in a bag of pucks because he's playing awful and isn't scoring it isn't really doing much of anything Right now, he's on a couple game point streak. He's been scoring a lot more, looking a lot more active on the ice. So I think that, you know, I I think that it could be a little higher. I don't think the price is going to be a first round pick, no matter what anyone (laughs) tries to say. I don't think that it's going to go that high, but I could see like, you know, a second round and like a player that the other team needs to get rid of or a prospect. They're just kind of like, meh, whatever on. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to be the package that Kings fans are going to want for him, but also he just has not been performing well enough lately for Rob Blake to really get what they're going to want to see from it. Right. And we saw, yeah, we saw Taylor Hall traded on Monday and it was in my mind, a bit of an underwhelming uh, return for the devils. And I guess he'll kind of set the benchmark as a rental player for the balance of the season. I don't know if that will affect, um, you know, Rob Blake's decision-making at all, but um does that affect the Kings at all, that trade? I mean, the Kings aren't probably um, going to make the playoffs, I wouldn't think. So the Coyotes are pretty pretty well set ahead of them. But I guess um, he may benefit from a few games against the Kings in the, the balance of the season. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about oh, that yeah. trade that, that happened? I'm gonna... Yeah, I mean, it was very, very underwhelming. It was like weird conditions on the deal a couple of players i've never heard of nick merkley who Mm -hmm. everyone is like totally done with it seems like uh so you know like very underwhelming Mm -hmm. but actually i um new jersey had to get something out of him i guess yeah one of the players the prospects was uh nate schnarr and he along with jersey was one of the players on the the ohl champion Storm last year, so I know him a little bit from his time here. He he was a pretty effective scorer, but he's not like a, a top end prospect by any means. He'd, he'd probably be a borderline NHLer, like a bottom third line kind of guy. So yeah, I I would have thought the Devils could have got more from from any other team, but uh, I mean, yeah, good for the Coyotes. It looks looks like they're kind of going for it yeah. a little bit this year, which is. <laughs> 
feels very weird. That feels really yeah. weird to, to say or think about that the Coyotes are yeah. going to go for it. But yeah, I mean, from a, from a Kings perspective, it affects them in that, like, I'm pretty sure they play the Coyotes at least once or twice more this season. And now we're going to have to see a lot more Taylor Hall. So right. not looking forward to that. But, you know, yeah. it'll, it'll be interesting to see him play out here. Um you know, it, the Coyotes feel like they're a team that could, you know, if, if not go all the way, could finally make some noise in the playoffs. And I'm sure Taylor Hall would be really happy to to see <laughs> yeah. the playoffs again. So, sure, yeah. you know, it, it'll be it'll be fun to watch. But yeah, um, the playoffs are but a distant dream for, for us <laughs> over here. Um, I only had one more question, I think, and that was other than to fully and kind of dreaming of him being a Bruin who who else should Bruins fans uh watch out for in uh in Tuesday's game if anybody really to keep an eye on or somebody that maybe they don't see as much that that could impress or or exciting about about watching the Kings who's who's kind of standing out among the kind of more well-known names for for LA this year so I will give you two names and they're guys that uh, people from other teams look at and go, I have literally never heard of this person in my life before. <laughs> so there's your, your underrated players. Uh, the first yeah. is defenseman, Sean Walker. Uh, he okay. has really blossomed from being kind of an unheralded undrafted uh, defenseman who came in on, on an AHL contract a couple of years ago. The Kings liked what they saw from him in Ontario and gave him an NHL contract last uh, before last season. Uh, and he has been occasionally getting minutes with Drew Doughty. He's looking very poised. Mm. He's a good skater, uh, very smart along the blue line uh, and scores a bunch too. So, you know, he's still young. He's still kind of adapting to the NHL. So there are occasionally, you know, mistakes or lapses and, you know, what you want to see from, a defenseman, but he's someone who the more I watch him, the more I think like, okay, this kid is actually something like yeah, cool. he's, and, and, and it's not just from a, like the Kings are bad and we'll take whatever they can get kind of perspective. Right, right. Um, he feels like he could be something on any team, not just this bad team. So cool. Sean Walker on the blue line. Okay. And then for the forwards, uh, there's a kid named Blake Lazat and you will know him because he's very short, <laughs> which is, very anti Los Angeles Kings of the past. Uh, you know, Dean Lombardi was very much a like the bigger the better kind of guy. And right. in recent years, the Kings have opened up their philosophy a little bit more. So he is another guy who was um, undrafted, uh, came from St. Cloud State University, uh, signed as a free agent, and everyone sort of expected him to just be assigned right to the AHL. Like he got one game at the end of the last season to start his contract or whatever, uh, but no one was really expecting him to push for a spot. And he has been really impressive. He is a kid that just has like no off button. Uh, he is very like, determined very good on like hounding down the puck in corners you know not afraid of going up against big guys even though he's like five eight or something five seven uh so he's a, a a smaller guy for hockey uh and is really good he's 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 a center he's really good at making really smart passes uh to players he's definitely had a lot of those like send it underneath someone's stick or behind someone's leg and those kinds of plays. So he doesn't oh, show up cool. on the score sheet a whole ton, uh, mm -hmm. but is sort of kind of discovering his shot and discovering the offense at the NHL level, but does a lot of kind of the defensive runners that kind of goes unheralded uh, by a lot of players. So cool. those are the two guys I'd say to look out for. 
Yeah, I, I'm a, a smaller gentleman myself, so I always root for, for those kind of players. So, yeah, definitely be keeping an eye on him. Was there, was there anything else you um, wanted to ask me about the Bruins or, or the answer the game? Um, who do you think is going to win? Uh, I mean, I, w- I would be disappointed if the Bruins didn't win. They, Like I said, they kind of went through that five-game losing streak, but they uh, came up big against Florida the other night. Uh, back at home after a road trip, and I would expect that they would, um, they would win. Although was it last season where they had that crazy game where the Kings scored with like less than a second left? Was that last season or two seasons? Yeah, ago? it was either last season or the either last or the or the two. I think it was two seasons ago. Yeah. yeah so between that, that happening, beautiful. between that happening, and the Bruins blew a four goal lead to the Panthers a couple weeks ago. So I really have you never have any idea what's going to happen on any given night. And that's kind of the fun thing about hockey. But having said that, I'm going to say Bruins four one win over the over Kings tournament. What, what's your prediction? Oh, that sounds even nicer than I was going to be <laughs> to the Kings. Really? <laughs> no, I mean, they, I mean, in, in fairness to my awful team, like they have looked better lately and have been kind of learning to play as a unit. But as soon as their defense just sort of crumbles against the, the Bruins, uh, like I said, like we're going to get like a, a Pasternak hat trick or something. Right. So yeah, um, that would be nice. at least three goals for the Bruins. He's at 28. So I'm hoping he'll hit 30 before Christmas. So might as well just get it done. Get it done in one game. You're welcome in three. advance. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it anyways. We don't get to watch the Kings that often, but uh, yeah, I'm, it'll be cool just to see, yeah, the Bruins play against the Kings and uh, we'll see what happens. And hopefully, yeah, let's, we should connect again when the Bruins are out West before they uh, play the Kings in LA next time. That would be, that'd be really cool. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you, you guys might have one of our players by then. Who knows? I hope so. Yes. I've been on the Toffoli train for for a few weeks now, and it's starting to pick up steam uh, among other people as well. I've seen other mainstream Bruins media members kind of writing about him too as a an ideal trade target for the Bruins. So I really, it really seems to make a lot of sense if, unless it's uh, too outrageous, the price tag, but um I really would like to see him on the Bruins and uh, maybe I'll get his name on the cup one more time, which would be great. Oh, I would like that. That's, that's the only <laughs> yeah. way I would accept this. Win-win. <laughs> yeah. Win-win. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Thanks a lot, Sarah. Thank you for, for chatting some Bruins. Yeah, for sure. Anytime. Excellent. All right. Yeah. Thanks a lot. That was great. Do you want, I'll, um, I'll send you my email address and then you can just shoot me the okay the audio file yeah. and I'll, I'll send you the link and... to it. Cool. Awesome. Excellent. Thank you so Sounds much. Sounds good. Thank fun. you. Yeah. All yep. right. Yeah. Take yep. care. Have a good rest of your night. Bye. You too. Bye.